Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax, and anything else that's on your plate, just let it fall by the wayside. Just let yourself be available and remind yourself that you are in Christ, in your spirit. You're already one with him. You don't need to achieve anything or get a better relationship. You don't need to get closer to him. He's not. He's, he's right there. He's, you're in him, and he's in you. So you can't get any closer than you already are in your spirit. problem is our soul. And our soul has bad habits, and God is in the process of revealing those bad habits by letting them fail. Those bad habits are created by lies we believe, by wounds of of rejection and, and hurt that we've suffered, and some that we've inherited, and some they're related to our enemies, the world system we exist in and um, our enemy, the devil, and also, you know, the things we do to ourselves, our self-sabotage and our deceiving ourselves and our, you know, wasting our, our time. These are all things that we do to ourselves to try to control our environment, and we do that to protect ourselves. God knows all that. He doesn't hold it against us. He gave you the soul he wanted you to have to accomplish his purpose. Now, his purpose is that you would be one, spirit, soul, and body, in him. He likes your soul, just like he likes your body. Now, your spirit's already one with him. That's not the problem. Our issue is our soul. Our body's going to follow along wherever the the soul goes. So we don't really want to focus too much on what's going on in the body, which is kind of the opposite of what so much of organized religion does. It focuses on behavior. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on where God is focused, which is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your thinker, your doer, and your feeler. Basically, you know, the what God has given us to live this life here on this earth. Most of us, if we talked about our spiritual life, in a sense, we wouldn't know what that means. We would very often describe things that are going on in our soul and not in our spirit. We've really not had much experience being able to delineate and describe spirit. Because there's, you know, first because there's been such a melding of spirit and soul, the concepts. You know, supernatural and spiritual are are worlds apart, are totally different things. And our soul, our soulical, the soulical realm is a subset, is a part of the supernatural realm. And yet we still, so Christians... When I say we, I mean those of us who have been born again, who have been re-spirited. And 
we are drawn by the goodness of God to become one with him. It's not about doing for him or making him happy. It's that he loves you and he wants you whole and complete and entire. Now, he doesn't do that with everyone. I don't know why, and that's up to him. He, Since he created time, he has control over it. Sometimes I wonder if he's just going to go back and forth, you know, throughout time, reconciling all things to himself. That would be one way of doing it since, again, since he created time, he can do that. He can do whatever he wants. Or if we're going on to something totally different than what we are experiencing while we're here on this earth. Or both. Or neither. Something maybe totally different. The point being that God's purpose, you are God's purpose. Not what you can do for him, but that you will be restored. That your soul would be reunited with your spirit. And since your spirit is in God, your soul is reunited with God. Now, we don't really know what that looks like as far as a restoration, reuniting our soul with God. We do see what it looks like in the life of Christ while he was here working, walking around. We have a very limited account. You know, we don't want to ever think that what is written in the books, you know, in, in Bible or Josephus or any other um, expression of history, we don't ever want to get the idea that we know everything. You know, I like the, the scripture that says that, you know, if there there's not enough room for all the books, if every book could be written, it would be impossible to describe everything that Jesus did. There's not enough words, there's not enough books, there's not enough time to describe everything he did, everything he said in only three and a half years. So we have only a glimpse into what it looks like to be complete spirit, soul, and body. And I think that's intentional. You know, we we think of him often as the pattern son. And we think if we, the whole idea is then we would live like him. Well, if, if that means to be fully dependent and one with God, yes, that's the pattern. It's not about his behavior. It's not about him evangelizing or healing or preaching or teaching or being an itinerant minister. That's not the pattern. The pattern is that he and the Father were one. And so how do we get that? How do we do that? How do we become one one with God? That's up to him. But we can fight against him. And he knows that too. It's, It's part of the process. Your soul doesn't want to give up control. For good reason. God doesn't hold it against us because... It's our soul has been protecting itself, protecting us for its entire existence. 
protecting it from more wounds, more lies, reject, being rejected more, being hurt more. You know, the fear, the uh, constant stress, the anxiety that's in this world, whether there's a lot going on in the world or not, because our soul is separate from our spirit, it's on its own and it's not made. God did not create your soul to live independent of your spirit. So your soul is flailing. Your soul is always trying and just reasoning with your soul, trying to help it understand isn't enough. Your soul needs to be reconnected with your spirit. But that's on God's timetable. But we can join him, knowing that the more we understand, the more time we spend with him, the more we are convinced of his goodness and that he is drawing us by that goodness, that he wants what's best for us, and that our soul's ultimate goal and the best thing for our soul is to be reunited with our spirit. Your spirit is waiting for your soul. And your soul is resisting your spirit. Your soul resists God. Your soul wants to maintain control wants to continue to do things its own way. And so it puts up barriers. It puts up other goals. It diverts attention. Because the best way for the soul to be reunited to the spirit is by rest. By relaxing, just easing back into the arms of the spirit. But that takes trust. That takes confidence. That takes knowing what your, what your soul is falling back into. That takes God himself doing that for us drawing us back into him. So your soul is falling back without even seeing where it's going, and it lands in the arms of your spirit. And it doesn't happen all at once. It happens a little bit here, a little bit there. And most of the time we don't see what God is doing. Sometimes we see the results, but most of the time we don't see what he's doing. He's protecting us from that he's protecting us because we would interfere or we would be frightened or our emotions would be too stirred up and we would resist him more but just have the confidence and the assurance that God loves you it's not about you achieving something but that we have an opportunity while we are here on this earth to investigate how God does things. He calls himself the way, the way, the truth, and the life. None of that is 
stagnant. None of that is inactive. And yet God himself, Jesus himself, was fully at rest at all times. He was fully connected to his Father at, at all times. And yet the last thing we would ever say about Jesus was that he was passive. Active. He was an active force. And yet he was fully at rest. Now, these are the kinds of things you have to experience rather than just relying on your mind, your will, or your emotions, relying on your soul. We have to, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not understand, not figure it out, but it's by experience that we learn what his nature truly is, what our new nature truly is by experience. So we've been talking about the supernatural realm. I don't think that God is going to start revealing what the spirit realm is like until we have at least a modicum of understanding of how the supernatural realm works. I think it's just reasonable and understandable. He's not locked into that. He can reveal the supernatural realm completely. He can reveal the spiritual realm completely. But I also think of that verse that says, no man sees God and lives. And I think that's one of the reasons. It's not because of his holiness, even though he's holy and all those things, but it's because he's spirit. And our physical senses have become so distorted and separate from spirit that it would be devastating to our physical body. And likewise, our soul. For our soul, you know, if God wanted to, he could reunite our soul and our spirit like that. But I think it would warp the very nature, the very character of our soul that he wants to retain. He wants your soul to be restored to the soul he gave you when he first gave you you your soul. And let's just say, I don't know when it was, but let's just say it's when you were a child, when you were a baby in in your mother's womb, that that's when you received your soul. That's when you received your body. Let's say you received a soul at the same time. And you were dead in your spirit. So your soul was your main source of life and existence and trying to understand reality. And over over time, how you perceived the world, how you perceived yourself, how you perceived God changed and was affected by your personal experiences. But none of that did reality. Your experiences don't affect truth. They don't affect the way, the truth, the life. They don't affect the nature of God. They affect our perception of God. We draw conclusions based on our experience, and then we never question them. 
And this is why we are learning to be proactive and not passive. And rather than waiting for things to happen to us, you know, think about the disciples. Jesus called them and said, come. And sometimes, you know, they'd been following him around for a long time. They'd heard about him, and some of them were following him. Some of them Jesus just passed and picked him out and said, okay, you. And we're not just talking about the twelves. We're talking about the hundreds and sometimes thousands following him. He had something they wanted. They... He had. They, he offered hope and peace and healing and a way to God, and that was desperately wanted, desperately desired. That was something that they, even if they didn't know what it was, they knew they were lacking. Now, for your soul to admit. It has lack. That could be very difficult for some of us to embrace that concept, that your soul isn't enough. Your soul doesn't have life of its own. The life that satisfies, the the eternal life is in your spirit. Now, in your physical being, okay, you you know, you're walking around, you have physical life. And your soul has a soulical life, but it's in the soulical realm, the supernatural realm. It's not spiritual life. In other words, it was a life that was taken from spirit, separated. We could, you know, denatured, de, you know, um, deconstructed and put into your physical body, deconstructed and put into your soulical body. It's not a godly life. Now, everything that God creates, everything, he creates that life, but it's not the same as the spiritual life. So we have a tendency to think, okay, that, you know, when we're talking about, like, our spiritual, this is one of the reasons we, we ended up talking about supernatural abilities as spiritual gifts is because we wanted them to be so special that we were off the hook when they didn't work in our lives. Because guess what? Our soul doesn't want to have to change. If you truly believed that every single thing, activity, behavior that Jesus did while he was here on this earth it's possible for you it's possible for you right now to raise the dead to be you know transfigured to have power and authority over time over the elements you could walk on water you could calm the storm you could heal the sick restore blind the blind eyes you could turn the world upside down if you truly believed that what goes through your heart what goes through your mind? Is that something you'd even want to do? Are we also comfortable with this is our situation? I am comfortable with the level of my relationship with God. And, you know, again, that's fine. Because us choosing 
our path often diverts the path that God has us on. So our purpose for approaching for this different approach about our the supernatural gifts is not about forwarding God's purpose. It's a, almost we could almost say it's our duty. Just like your physical being, we have duty <clears throat> duty towards our body to take care of it, to let it get sleep, to brush our teeth, to feed it, to keep it warm. We have a certain sense of duty to cherish that which God has given us in the form of our natural body. And we have spent very little time cherishing our soul. And again, we've we've relegated so much of those expectations to after we die, to special people, people with anointing or a special purpose in life or a ministry. And now there are some who who seek that and want that, and that's very often temperament, and sometimes it's a drawing of God, but there's a wide variety. But for each one of us, we have the wonderful opportunity. We're so blessed to be able to have the opportunity to respond to God as an individual. It is amazing how much he, he values the individual, you, your soul, your body, your spirit, your mind, your will, and emotions, your past, your present, and your future. He values you. And sometimes that, in and of itself, can be overwhelming. Because we don't, again, we want to maintain control. So the more we are proactive, one of the things that does is it keeps us from reinforcing our soul's control over our relationship with God. Instead of focusing on what we need to do to fix ourselves, what we need to do to achieve our purpose or uh, change our community or honor and glorify God, when we start going, okay, this is, this is my task, is to learn to live and move and have our being here on this earth. And how did you learn how to walk? Well, it was trial and error, and you ha- your muscles had to learn how to function and balance. But there was something in you that, you know, you're not crawling around in diapers anymore. And it wasn't your mom and dad telling you, okay, now it's, it's Tuesday at 5 o'clock, you should be walking. There's something in you that, okay, you start to pull yourself up and stand and and giggle and bounce. You're in a totally different new way of relating with your physical body. Your physical body's changing, how you relate to your environment's changing. But it was it came as part of your natural progression. Well our soul is like that too. This is and one of the ways God does this is He gives us those desires. 
he puts you know the stories of okay think about when jesus you know the any story you've ever heard or, or read about the things that jesus did which of those draws you Let's just, you know, he raised Lazarus from the dead. I think that's pretty cool. That's something you and I can do. We're in him. We are co-inheritors. We're joint heirs. Everything he can do, we can do, except for be the savior of the world. That was a one-time task that he did. It was done. You need to check that off. doesn't need to be done again. You don't need anybody else to pay for your sins. Your sins have been forgiven. They're done, period. So now we focus on what's on our plate to do. What What are the, you know, to use a, a playing card analogy, you've been dealt a hand. What is your hand? It's not about what somebody else has been dealt, Where, what somebody else understands, what they believe. It's about you. Now, God has put you in relationships and in, in, in a, you know, circumstances and an environment, but that's for you. And he'll use you to affect others in your circumstances and in your environment and your relationships, but that's for you. And in a, in a lot of senses, it's the exact opposite of what we've been raised to believe. That it's always got to be about someone else. God says no. His nature is love, and he expresses that love by giving. Who does he give to? He gives to you. And you accept it unconditionally, what he gives unconditionally, and all you have to do is say thank you. Now, in your spirit, that's what's already been going on and always will be going on, is that constant receiving and experiencing eternal life. And God picks one place at a time in your soul, or probably multiple places, but and is drawing you to your spirit. We think, oh, he's drawing us to himself. Well, where do you think he is? You know, talk all about asking Jesus into our heart, and yet we're supposed to, you know, be born again. It's because we can't come up with language and illustrations to accurately depict something that is so foreign to our experience. So we, the illustrations we use are often very limiting. And that's going to be true as we learn about the supernatural realm as, as well. And as we talk about our supernatural abilities, you know, we say, you, you know, hey, you can raise the dead. You have that ability. You have that power and authority right now. So what? So we start where we're at. And we start with just, okay, what is God drawing you to? And if he's not drawing you to something, just pick something because it doesn't matter. You're going to get to everything. And if you start going down the wrong path, God will correct you and say, you know, skip back over here. That's somebody else's path. So we don't have to worry about missing him. But going back to our, our discussion about how you learn to walk, is it's, it's part of the process. 
It's not, we, you know, again, we didn't, as a little baby, we didn't decide, okay, today I'm going to walk. Our parents didn't decide, okay, I'm going to, you should take your first step at, you know, uh, 6.22 this morning. I'm going to put you down and you're going to take your first step. No. It's, it happens when it happens. It's the direction. It's the process. And God is leading us on that process. He is restoring our soul. We can cooperate with him by learning how the supernatural realm works. So when we talk about the supernatural abilities that we have, start relating them to your desires that God has given you. Again, let's say, you know, raising the dead. What abilities did Jesus have? What supernatural abilities did Jesus have in his soul that he called on? Why does why wasn't he going around and raising everybody from the dead? Why wasn't he healing everyone? We know he didn't. Why, you know, why did he go where he went? Was that a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom? Did he have, you know, the ability of healing? Well, of course he did. But what how did that operate? When he was walking on the on the water, what what was he thinking? What was he feeling? How did he know to do that? So rather than start focusing on your abilities now, hopefully you've been spending time already over the past weeks and months, but let's switch and, and think about what Jesus, and ask him, when you, you know, when you, call, when you were walking on the waters to the, to, and then called Peter out, what was on your mind? I'll bet he was excited. I'll bet he was excited because he knew Peter. And he knew it was going to be Peter coming out of that boat. So do both. Be thinking about what you're interested in, what your desires are, what, you know, perhaps you already know what some of your supernatural abilities already are. And, you you know, you can come up with your own homework assignments. You can come up with, you know, and then, and then anytime you have any questions or want some feedback, drop me a line at dianeattherainersclub.org. But also, we can learn when we make ourselves available. And go ahead, use your imagination. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes. What would that be like? Calling forth Lazarus, someone you love, snatching him from death, restoring him to life while everyone else is crying or saying, no, you can't do this. It's too late. He stinks. So anyway, think about those things. We'll start getting into some more detail, but really want to set the, the groundwork that this is something that it's not, it's not about being special. It's about being who we are. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.